welcome back, everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And we are doing our best to survive right now. Yay! It's a hell of a week. It's election week. We are recording a week before I believe this episode will come out. Yeah. So so hopefully when it airs, it'll be good news, positive news. I Yeah. We can only hope. hope at this point. Yeah. Um, but I have some good news to start us off. We have a new patron. Welcome to the club. Yeah, welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for joining us on Patreon. Um, all of our patrons are amazing, and we love you all, so thank you. Yes, thank you. We love you guys. We're so grateful for your support, and uh, we love giving you shout-outs, so thanks, Amy. Hell yeah. Do you have any other announcements, Sarah? I don't, other than just a segue from, you know, patrons on Patreon today. We have a very special guest. Katie, do you want to do the announcement? Yes, we have a very special guest today. Joanne, hello. Hey, everybody. Joanne is amazing and she is also a Patreon member of ours and we're kind of obsessed with her so we're so happy to have you on the show. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Yay. (laughs) Welcome. So excited. I have to have to say Joanne Mm -hmm. how were you inspired by these can you muffin it? (laughs) Well (laughs) it started with meatloaf. And I just like found this person who made meatloaf into the shape of a muffin and then put mashed potatoes on top like you would frost a cupcake. And then I was like, what else can I put into muffin form? So I just went down that rabbit hole and I'm actually working on a book now. I'm going to publish a book that has all the different kinds of things that you can cram into a muffin tin and make into a muffin. Oh, that is brilliant. I, I am so excited about this. <laughs> I, I let us know as soon as it's out. Okay. We will promote it, but also I just want to buy it because every time I see your post on Instagram, I like go into this like I I don't know where I got it from, but I'm just like, can you muffin it? Yes, we can. <laughs> and I make up my own little jingle in my head, and my boyfriend, like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, look, she muffined it. Like that is a verb now. Like she. <laughs> happen you know what this is 2020 there are no rules anymore so you know what and it's it's great because if you want to share food you can like prepare it make it into a muffin give it to someone you don't need a fork you don't need to spread your germs you just like leave it on someone's doorstep and like it's it's like the perfect quarantine food too if you can dream it you can muffin it Oh okay, my god. Also, as much as I want this to be the topic of today's <laughs> episode, this is not I know. the topic. <laughs> Sorry guys, you know me and my tangents. I just I'm obsessed with our great community and the patrons we have. And so of course I follow you guys on Instagram and I'm always like, they're so cool. And I I just know you mostly by your social media handles, but Joanne, I actually just know you by the muffins. So <laughs> that's an honor. <laughs> muffins and your great artwork. So yes. yes. <laughs> so also I do before we get into our topic, I have to say, and I hope this isn't offensive to you. And if it is, I'm so sorry. But your voice sounds like Sarah Polson. Is that her last name? Polson? 
Sarah Paulson. I'm not quite sure who that is. She's I, like on American Horror Story. Um, I'll send you a link after. Anyways, it's a compliment okay. in my opinion, but maybe you're like, oh, I hate that actress. But <laughs> it's very soothing, and I am enjoying it. Oh, thanks. So, yeah, okay. me too. Anyways, okay, moving right along, you two lovebirds. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So the topic today that we are so stoked to have Joanne on for is mainly going to be focused on like the Equal Rights Amendment, right, Joanne? Yes. And mainly, I, well, maybe not mainly, but also including the um, Equal Rights Amendment in regards to Mormonism and Mormonism's teachings or stances on the Equal Rights Amendment. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you have a place where you want to begin, if you'd like to maybe explain what that is for listeners who are unaware or if you have a better spot you want to start with yeah, um, yeah the whole or maybe your your background too your whole experience also yeah if you would like to give that please feel free yeah. <laughs> sure okay so I'll start from the beginning from what I know so I am a child of the 70s and 80s and my family grew up we grew up Mormon my parents were converts and there's six kids in our family And so we were super strong Mormon in California for um, a a long, long time. And then slowly we kind of all the siblings kind of stopped going to church. And now our whole family, all eight of us, are proud post-Mormons, even my parents. Wow. That is so cool. I'm oh, applauding yeah. over here. That's amazing. <laughs> I I feel really um I don't want to say hashtag blessed because that's kind of like <laughs> but I, I do feel fortunate. Yeah. I feel fortunate. Like it's to the point where like my favorite one of my favorite moments um not too long ago is I heard my father say Mormonism is bullshit and he rolled his eyes and it made me so happy. That is incredible. That's amazing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we survived Mormonism together and we haven't been closer than that. So like, yeah, that's giving me warm fuzzies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, anyway, so during the quarantine, I started thinking about what kind of books to read. And so I I chose a book to read. Um, Well, actually going a little bit before that. So when I was just a little kid, probably maybe like 10 or 11 years old, I was flipping through the channels on television and there's this talk show called Donahue that was on. And Donahue, Phil Donahue was interviewing this woman named Deborah Lake. Do you mm-hmm. have either of you heard of this person before? I, I have her in your email. Yeah, I was like, oh, I heard yeah. from you. And then I also feel like I kind of had heard about her before, but really didn't know much. So, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so Deborah Lake is an author, and she wrote a book called Secret Ceremonies. And when I was flipping through the channels, I heard her talking about Mormon temples. And so I stopped, and I was like, oh. And this was at a time where I was still very much, you know, Mormon. And so I was mm-hmm. like, wow, there's this woman on television talking about my church. So she started talking about some negative things. And then Phil mm-hmm. Donahue asked her the question, oh, um, so in according to your book, you had your first orgasm inside a temple. <gasps> and I was like, what the, huh? What? I, I didn't quite know what an orgasm meant, but I knew it was bad or inappropriate. And so I flipped the channels. I was like, no, 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 no. Anti-Mormon, Satanist, I cannot watch that. <laughs> Right. But that was the first seed that was planted in my tiny little brain that like 
maybe some people did experience Mormonism and chose to deny it or move away from it. So uh -huh. that was like a tiny seed that was planted long time ago. Mm -hmm. And since then, um, maybe in the last maybe five years or so, I found that book through my local bookstore and I read it and it's really inspiring. So I recommend Secret Ceremony by Deborah Lake. I do have to just quote you on this because I found this part of your email so delightful <laughs> and uh -huh. I just have to quote you. So, quote, but fast forward to after I went through the temple and decided to leave the church, I read the book in all caps, Wowie Zowie. This woman is now my hero. <laughs> I love it so much. So I just had to I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I really want to read this book, so I need to get my hands on it somehow. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, find it through your local your local bookstores can order it for you um, cool. if you need help. So um, don't go to the A word because Bezos doesn't need any more money from us. No. Right? Yeah, yeah. good point. <laughs> So she was kind of my first little hero that I noticed. And then um, even more recently, I discovered Kate Kelly. And you guys know who Kate Kelly is. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The next hero to become my um, you know, obsession. So she has a podcast called Ordinary Equality. And she is a human rights lawyer. And she is a former Mormon. She started Ordained Women um, mm -hmm. back in, mm -hmm. I think it was 2013 or 14, um, and was eventually excommunicated, but she has this podcast that I started listening to. And in her podcast, she interviewed another woman named Sonia Johnson. And Sonia, back in the 70s, was a, another hero. Um, and I found her book called From Housewife to Heretic. Oh, yes. Wow. Did you read that, Katie? No, but it's still on my list. Oh, yeah, put it on your list. I always say, I'm just like, oh, God, like, I'm going to get to it because I'm so <laughs> excited about it. <laughs> it's so good. And it was written in the 70s, but it's still very much um, relevant to what's happening now. The whole fight for the ERA is, did you guys know that it was written in 1923 by Alice mm -hmm. Paul? It's been almost 100 years that we've I been fighting. I did not know that. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. That's crazy. It is crazy. And it's like, why are there so many people fighting against women and people who are not men to have equal rights, to have not to have to um, have discrimination? Yeah, and it's even more relevant now, like literally the day before elections. Like, I, I love that this is how it worked out with our scheduling with mm -hmm. you to have to have you on the show, um, because I I, this is such a relevant topic, regardless of if Trump wins or I really, really hope he doesn't. But if he yeah. doesn't or if he does, like this is still a topic that needs to be addressed and especially in our politics. And so I think it's just we're very lucky to have you on the show educating us on this <laughs> and all the listeners. So totally. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yay, definitely. So thank Yeah, thank you. Um, so like. I wanted to go a little bit through the and focus more on this book from housewife to heretic. And the tagline is one woman's struggle for equal rights and her excommunication from, from the Mormon church. So she, um, she wrote this book and she was one of those women who was a, a typical Mormon housewife for kids. She actually got a doctorate and she lived all over the world. So she has some, um, you know, the, an extra outlook. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 
from being a, a typical Mormon. So there was one part in the book where she just turned to her husband and she said to him, Rick, I'm a feminist. No, I'm actually a radical feminist. <gasps> For a so, Mormon in the set, this is in the seventies. Yes. Wow. Yes. I mean, that's like being like saying you're what a Satanist. <laughs> yeah. basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause being a feminist is going against all of the gender roles that the oh, church. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even okay. now, I feel like feminist is kind of a dirty word in Mormonism, let alone 40, whoa, what is that, 40 or 50 years ago? Yeah. I'm old. It's fine. <laughs> well, there's there's a whole bunch of highlights that Sonia goes through, and she is so fucking smart to recognize what's happening and to vocalize it. And in return, she was shunned by the church that she actually loved. So um, there's a whole bunch of things that she noticed. So for example, she started noticing that um, when the ERA was um, kind of talked about, they um, it, it passed and then it went to the states to ratify. Right. So this is something that they wanted to add to the constitution, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so she would notice that there were brochures in the lobbies of her church building, anti-ERA brochures. Mm -hmm. There were people speaking from the pulpit about anti-ERA rhetoric. <sighs> she thought to herself, wait a second, why is my church fighting against my rights? This is not okay yeah so that she found out or she investigated some more and i love that she was kind of nosy and pushed people about this kind of thing so she would ask about these um smaller organizations that were collecting money and going lobbying door to door and going to congress congressmen's offices to talk about anti um era stuff so there are things like Instead of using the LDS church in the name of the organization, they would say the like the Missouri Citizens Coalition or oh. they would call something FACT, F-A-C-T. Families are concerned today. So oh my God, I hate it so bad. Oh. Like, can you get a more like dumb name for an organization? <laughs> exactly. I can just imagine them being so obnoxious with it, like going out to and be like FACT. Families are today. <laughs> Won't you donate some money so that we can fight against equal rights for, you know, anyways. So they would they the church would do these shady, shady things. They would collect money. They would organize and print brochures, organize um, people to meet at the church building, jump on a bus and go to a congressman's office to mm. to pretend like they're constituents, even though they'd be out of state. Wow. Um, super, super shady. That is this is reminding shit. me a lot of like the Prop 8 stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Similar Ugh. kind of thing. Yeah. Totally. And before email was happening and before all that, you know, like in the 70s, you just called people and you knocked on their doors and you, um, you know, you had to do a lot of extra physical work to type up a brochure on a typewriter and then go make photocopies. Um, right. It's yeah. a lot of work. It's a lot of work people go to to deny rights to people who aren't yeah, men, exactly. right? Yeah. <laughs> and here's another thing that they, they were doing. They were setting apart members, hands on the head with oil, 
to say, set apart as callings. This <gasps> is your calling to go and preach this anti-ER. No. It oh, was that bad. My God, that's terrible. It's wow. really bad. And they, they tried to cover it up. They kind of lied about it. Even Gordon B. Hinckley himself lied about having having that done. Oh, why am I not yeah. surprised? Yeah, uh, right. Oh, yeah. Gordon. Oh, Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> He's in my journal several times. You know that meme, like, why are you always lying? <laughs> <laughs> it's Gordon. He's a liar. Gordon. Yeah, so they were, so members of the church were specifically told, do not use the church's name as you are talking to your neighbors and everybody that you know, do not use the church's name because they could lose their status as a nonprofit. Totally. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sonia called them out on it and said, look, if you don't register as a an official lobby organization, I will talk to the press and I will reveal that. And oh of course, God. the church didn't do anything. And of course, she had to go to the press and say, hey, look, this is what's happening. And I'm not happy about it. <gasps> so that's why they had to change their names to like fact or <laughs> concerned citizens organization. To lobby She's them. a badass. She is. That's she really is. I, I agree with you, Joanne. She's now my hero. And I haven't even read the entire book. But <laughs> wow, what a badass bitch. I'm in love with her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she pointed out that um, they were taking the Relief Society to, um, they were told by their bishops and their stick presidents and even the prophet, they were told, Relief Society, you guys need to organize and you need to go do this. So it's men telling women to go and and use these women as tools for their own oppression. <sighs> yeah, yeah, seriously, they're telling them go out and spread the word about yeah, you cannot have rights. Women shouldn't have these rights. It's that's right. so nuts. Oh it my is. god. So oh men god. are just hanging out in their boardrooms with their hands crossed, like the women are doing this for us. We don't even have to do anything. Oh. Look, if a man knocked on the door and said, "We don't want women to be equal," that would dis that would actually expose what they really are. You know, right. like oppressive toward women. So they relied on the Relief Society and the women to do all the work. It's giving I me handmade tail vibes. It's it's not that different from when you know the the movement happened in 2013. Was it 14 with um? What, oh God, why am I blanking? Kelly, is that her name? Kate Kelly, yeah, Kate Kelly. Kate Kelly, yeah. yeah. And I just remember like the priesthood didn't say. I mean, they said things about it, but I heard the most um, opposition to it from women in Relief Society. Like mm -hmm. older women being like, oh, you know, women shouldn't be wearing pants to church. <laughs> and like, they don't need the priesthood. Our <gasps> our goal is to be a, you know, a wife and a mother and like blah, blah, blah. And like making me feel guilty when I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's maybe they, you know, this, this Kate Kelly has a point here. And they'd be like, no, 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 no. Like I definitely heard it more from the women in the church than the men in the church, which again yeah. might be rooted in this, this whole situation that you're talking about in the seventies that stemmed in the seventies, you know? Yeah. And it was deliberate. Oh, mm -hmm. and that way. Okay. So I have a question for, um, for you too. So you've heard the term putting someone on a pedestal. Yes. Yes. 
Okay, so what does that mean to you? Like, Sarah, what does that mean to you um, if you put somebody on a pedestal? Um, okay, I'm, and so in general speaking, I think it means that you, like, make this person almost perfect. Like, they can't be knocked down. There's really high expectations. Uh-huh. And I also think of a Mormon friend of mine who uses that all the time until she got married, where she said that men put her on pedestals, which made it difficult for her to get married. That's just a side note, but I had never heard of that expression until her. So, okay. Okay. So Katie, what do you think? Yeah, I think really similar. I think initially my thought is exactly what Sarah said. You put them up higher, like they can do no wrong, almost worshiping like they're some type of royalty, but also it brings to mind how, um, I've, I've thought about this before too, where in the Mormon church or in churches in general, men, they sometimes use this fake pedestal to put women up on to like, say, um, I've heard even women say this before, like, yeah, men get the priesthood, but it's because they need to learn how to be right as righteous as women. Like they need to learn how to do all of these things that women naturally have. So they have this fake pedestal for women, but it's actually part of their oppression. So I think both things definitely. Yeah. And so Sonia had this, um, this, idea also of what it means for putting a woman yeah and both of you had noticed like it's the woman on the pedestal right would you ever say you're putting a man on a pedestal oh my god no (laughs) no right so what does it actually mean to have someone on a pedestal it means they're immobile they can't (gasps) move yeah it means they're dehuman or objectified (gasps) it means they're the women are isolated from each other oh my god it means falling off can be very dangerous, and it means that you're cramped emotionally, spiritually, and intellectually. Wow. Joanne, I ha- literally have goosebumps right, right? now. Me too. Right? Oh, I've it's never not a thought of this. It's no. not a compliment or a good thing to put someone on a pedestal. So Sonia would always talk about, get me off a pedestal. Don't put me up there. I don't want to be up there. Oh my God, I'm already wow. learning so much. I love her. I love her too. <laughs> so anyways, so Sonia kept speaking out publicly about the church and what they were, you know, because of the ERA, there was a lot of tension happening. They were looking at the states to ratify. And so Sonia would do, there's, okay, there's more things that she would do. So she was part of the Bellevue 21. That means there were 21 of them, she and 20 other um, women, they chained themselves to the temple fence in Bellevue, Washington, and they got arrested because they were protesting. Oh, my God. As if you couldn't love her even more. She talked about Heavenly Mother. That is blasphemous. You're not right. that. Mm -hmm. Oh, she was, oh, her hand was smacked because of that, even though, like, why, why? Um, she also before this is before social media and emails and all that. She would raise money to hire an airplane to attach a banner to the back of the airplane. And in certain locations on like, for example, on general conference, she would have the plane fly above the temple and where the state conference was held with certain messages. Oh my, oh my God, God, this woman. I, I know. So there's, oh. me, there's some of the messages that she, um, that she created. So one says, honor thy mother, ratify ERA. Oh. Right. There's one that she did in Mississippi. The South shall rise and ratify. Oh my God. 
Yes. There's one that says show me equality. There's one that says Mormons for ERA are everywhere. Wow. And there's one that says Mrs. God hates sexism. Repent and ratify. <laughs> That's wow. my favorite one. That's my favorite one. <laughs> Mrs. God. Mrs. God. <laughs> that Mrs. God. <laughs> it's perfect, honestly. <laughs> yeah. She also testified face to face to our our arch enemy. One of the arch enemies of us is Orrin Hatch. Oh yeah. Yeah. He can fuck that guy. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. So um so she went face to face with Orrin Hatch and he tried to make her intimidated, try to make her look dumb. So he says to her in his stupid voice, he says <laughs> to her, um, you know, most people are anti ERA. And what? Said, right. She said back, no, that's incorrect. And what do numbers matter to you anyways? You belong to a church that claims to be the only true church on the face of the earth. Yet when you compare numbers of members to numbers of members of other churches, Catholics or Protestants or whoever, it's minimal, minuscule compared to religions of the world. So she totally shot him down and he did not like that. I love that so much. That's so great. Yeah. And also he just lied too. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. But it's kind of like, again, it reminds me of the topic Katie and I had before you joined. It was like, when you show people stats, and they like still don't believe you or like they, they, they throw stats out at you first. Like, you know, for example, conservatives about ridiculous things. And then if you actually pull up stats to share with them, it's like the conversation drops, but then they go on to something else. And it's like, yeah. but, but did you, did you just did see you that I, I threw out an actual fact there? Yeah. F-A-C-T. F-A-C-T. Fact. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with my friend Fact, but (laughs) she's pretty smart. (laughs) So she refers to all these men of the priesthood. Well, and she uses that word. She recognizes the word priesthood. It could mean the power to act in God or it could refer to the men. Right. So the priesthood, she refers to them as the old boys club. Yep. Mm hmm naturally. Um, and so she also, she, so she, in her book, she quoted um, a woman named Mildred Chandler Austin, and she wrote a book called A Woman's Divine Destiny. And I wanted to read um, just a quote that she's quoting um, really quick. So, um, so she says, I heard of a marriage counselor about how we should choose a mate as, oh, a man should choose a mate as he chooses a shoe. <gasps> If it doesn't, if it isn't a good fit, it will be painful. If we consider this shoe to like a foot analogy, we can see that the husband as being the foot having to climb the rocky road to exaltation. A a barefoot is going to find the path too painful. It needs comfort. It needs a shoe. When I, when I consider what it means, oh, sorry, when I consider what it makes, what makes a shoe comfortable? I see more clearly h- how to be a comforting wife. To those of us playing the role of shoes, we need to seriously consider what happens to shoes that are painful. They're generally discarded and a more comfortable pair takes <gasps> their place. 
holy shit my mouth is on the floor I'm literally yeah. I have my hands on my face and like my face is like in a big O. like oh my god <laughs> it gets worse oh god oh. yeah some men here we go some men are honorable enough to endure the pain of an uncomfortable shoe oh my god oh right? my god so here's what Sonia says about that which is like so smart Women are objects. They're commodities. Yeah, Women that's exactly go- what I thought of. It's yeah. like, yeah, they're literally just objects. A shoe. Yeah. A shoe that's discarded if it's not comfortable, if it doesn't suit the man or the sh- or the foot. <laughs> and then Damn, what I about women's exaltation? for all the Mormon guys I dated. <laughs> <laughs> a stiletto. <laughs> and women, women don't need exaltation. What about her exaltation, right? Yeah, what about her shoe? Yeah, what about her needs and her comfort? And then also um, women are accessories to help men and discarded if the owner decides to. And then at the same time, both the foot and the shoe or the man and the woman are living his life. Yeah. Well, neither one of them is living her life. Yeah. Wow. Imagine coming like the most disrespectful analogy uh, like the foot like literally he's stepping on the woman to get ahead to get yeah. to the top like that's just the visual and her, gives you her job is to help him and to be an object to assist him to exaltation what right. the hell right and then and in, in going along with that too the man needs to carry the woman into the celestial oh, kingdom yeah. right so oh. she can't a shoe is just a, a shoe lying there without the foot to carry it this is oh. disgusting yeah <laughs> oh yeah so like then if a woman doesn't sacrifice herself in that way then she's like oh well what is she even good for Right. Wow. She's yeah. just a shoe. She's just, yeah, she's just going to sit there and collect dust. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I know. So, um, yeah, so she started becoming portrayed as the villain because yeah. she was calling out the church. And it wasn't, right, of course, right? It's not the church that's becoming the villain, even though it already is. She's just calling yep. them out. So she got a lot of hate mail and some, you know, really horrible uh, messages sent to her, too, unfortunately. But that's, you know, when you stir things up and you start speaking the truth, there are people out there who want to crush that. Oh, yep. we know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Instagram comments. and oh, yeah. uh, People do not like us sometimes. But that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> so the bishop would threaten her membership multiple times. He would threaten her mother's membership he he wanted to take away her mother's temple recommend what yeah it's not even like a thing that the church usually does what an ass they really they they did everything that they could they just wanted her to be quiet they just really wanted to silence her even though um she was speaking the truth you know right yeah she wasn't like making anything up she was just exposing the unjust things that they were preaching and and also like like you mentioned before how they were tax exempt yet still lobbying i mean i think that's great that she was doing all of that that's yeah great stuff but then no the church doesn't like it so 
right. threatened her, right? Yeah. Yeah, they threatened her. They made her feel like she wasn't supposed to be talking to the press. And they specifically said to her, don't go to the press um, because oh. they're going to make us look ridiculous. And her answer was, well, your actions are making yourself look ridiculous. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Stop, nice. stop acting ridiculous and you won't look ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Not <Ooh>. hard. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So she was um, threatened multiple times to um, have her. They, so they had trials, right? They call them trials of love or something like that back then. Yeah. Now they call them something different. But um, the word trial is misleading because it's completely unfair. The person right. who is accusing is also the judge. So mm -hmm. um, that's messed up in itself. So yeah. she would um, get visits from her bishopric. They would say, we decided on a date for your trial and you need to be there. And it would be like the next day. And she's like, no, no, no. I need time to prepare. I need to know what the charges are specifically in writing. And I need to get some witnesses to speak on my behalf. Yeah. They would fight for her. They would say like, no, we want, we decided and that's how it is. And she would like not leave the office until they decided to give her more time. She would do stuff like that. So she bought herself some time, but that didn't really matter because they would show up one night at 10 PM. They showed up at her house. And they said, you need to hand over your temple recommend. <gasps> and she's like, no. And it was a, a printed card, right? There's, it was before there, I heard that there's like barcodes that you can scan and there's yeah. now, but back mm -hmm. then it was a piece of paper, probably laminated. And yes. they said, hand over your temple recommend because we don't want you to use it. We don't feel like you're worthy. And she said, no. And then they said, well, we're just going to call the temple and tell them not to honor it. Um, and then they said, oh, by the way, BT dubs the tomorrow morning is going to be your final trial. <gasps> oh, my God. This is just it. It feels so the intimidation is so scary. It's like they're part of a mafia, like Mormon mafia. Yeah. They're going to her home at 10 p.m. Like, first of all, I'd be asleep at 10 p.m. But then also <laughs> demanding that you hand this over because they've deemed you not worthy. And then threatening her like oh your trials in the morning like what kind of bullies are they like this is terrible yeah I just would like want to you know show my tits to them and just be like fuck off you know like <laughs> and be like now give me your temple recommendation yeah you like, lost it yeah, yeah you lost totally. it <laughs> totally. Oh, it's so messed up. And they would do so many things to make her feel intimidated, but she would not be intimidated. She would say, I want to tape record everything that happens. And they would say reluctantly, okay. But then when they got there and she pulled out her tape recorder, they would say, don't record this. We don't want this recorded. Wow. And so she would leave. She would get up and leave and say, well, no, these are my, these are my terms and I will not go just based on your terms. So I'm taking my tape recorder and I'm not saying a word. I need to be more like her in my everyday life. Me too. Right. Right. So she's in this weird position where people and members of the congregation know that she is a quote troublemaker and she's, you know, people are speaking against her. Um, her mom got up in testimony meeting and said, I'm so proud of my daughter for standing up for what's right. Wow. Wow. I love that. So, That's like, 
that that it's just really, really tough. And her marriage was on the rocks at this point, too. Like her husband was um, seeing someone else. And uh-huh. I was just about to ask how it affected her marriage, like if he supported her or if he was like, I'm done. Yeah. So it seemed like he supported her for a while. But then because and this is what she says in her book, because he he was jealous that she found something else to be interested in. Mm. Um, something so else. Yeah. And and she was like, you know, I spent my whole life waiting for him. I women in general spend our whole lives just waiting, waiting to get asked to dance, waiting to get mm-hmm. someone to propose, waiting for, you know, the the husband to come home for dinner so they can yep. start eating like all the time. Yeah. But would a man make his male friend wait? No, no. And it's also another sign of power. If you think about like an organization or a company that's like there's the CEO and then there's the manager and then there's a supervisor and then there's employees. Mm -hmm. And would would the the top of the ladder, would they make other people wait? Sure. That's the way that they the power structure is. But if someone low on the ladder made someone wait who was high up on the ladder, then it's like, well, wait a second. Who do you think you are? Right. Yeah. yeah, it's totally yeah. about power. Yeah, you're right. Oh. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, Bishop, the bishop told her specifically, I think I mentioned not to go to the press, even though she did have a lot of um, press coming to her trial. They waited outside for her while she went in for her trial to um, you know, report back to see if she was excommunicated or not. And there are plenty of meetings that they had where she thought this is it. But because she said, nope, if I can't record it, I'm not participating, they had to reschedule. And so they would like, you know, they would just kind of make up the rules as they went. And she says, you know, this is so unfair, just obviously, but there's more deeper reasons why it's unfair. They wrote the book, the manual on how to have a trial. Wow. Men are the ones who have access to the rule book. Women don't have access to the rule book. Oh, no, they don't have the priesthood. They can't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Why should they write if they don't have the priesthood? Mm-hmm. So they could make up the rules as they went. And so anytime she tried to be fair about it, they would just say, well, no. Um, anytime she asked for evidence or she wanted something in writing, they're just like brushed her off. No, we don't have to. And it's true, they didn't have to. They, who are they going to answer to, themselves? <laughs> right? I know. It's just such a conflict of interest. And, yeah, it's stupid. It really doesn't even make any sense because they're just, yeah, like you said, writing it and then enforcing it. And then they can change it as they go. So, <laughs> yeah. So how how is she even have a defense? How is she supposed to prepare for it? So ultimately, they, they said um, that she was guilty of evil speaking of the Lord's anointed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it me. <laughs> they aren't original, you know, Fact. Sure. Um, that she wasn't following the law of consecration oh, and that she had a general attitude and expression that was anti church. Wow. Wait, let, me, let me guess. Her expression was that she wasn't smiling. <laughs> she wasn't being quiet and just being happy yeah, yeah. staying home cooking dinner for her she husband just smile you know <laughs> just smile turn it off not fight for equal rights not yeah. point out anything wrong just be quiet go home and cook yeah yeah turn it off like a light switch <laughs> just go click, 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 click. 
click. That's a cool little Mormon chick. <laughs> so good. Oh, God. Um, anyway, so Sonia ended up being excommunicated at the end of 1979. And um, so she she actually, last last I looked up, she lives in Tucson. Oh, my God. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And our friend That's Deborah Lake lived in Phoenix when um, she passed away from cancer, but she was in Phoenix. So you got some Arizona uh-huh. representation. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what's the latest that either of you have heard about the ERA? Um, I heard, um, was it at the end of last year, I remember seeing that the Mormon church came out and, and said that they still oppose the, the ERA because of, they didn't want like, what did, I don't know exactly how they worded it, but they still obviously don't support the LGBTQ community and they want the gender roles to not be blurred or whatever they say. So I remember I saw that, like, that the church still actively opposes the Equal Rights Amendment. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And Sarah, have you heard the same thing? Yes, exactly. I don't have anything new from that. Okay. So. Yeah, so... um. The, the church has a lot of things going for them. So they have almost an infinite amount of money as we uh, yeah. out, right? <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. So um, they tell, so the church tells the their members not to represent the church, but you are concerned citizens and those concerned citizens will blindly follow anything that the prophet says, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what Sonia says is since they are, in fact, following the dictates of the prophet's conscience and would revise their own overnight if he were to revise his, then right. nothing, nothing is um, like that's just how it is. Like if the prophet changes his mind, then the members of the church will change their mind, too. But you can't go to a congress congressman's office or congresswoman's office, congressperson's office and say, well, my prophet said that we should be anti-ERA. They're not going to listen to that. So they had to go and fight against this because they are threatened by gender roles and all that stuff too. Um, But did you know that all of the states needed did ratify? Really? No, I didn't know. Yeah, Virginia was the last state to ratify and they did that. So technically, the ERA has passed, but okay. our other arch nemesis, Trump, ugh, oh, I know, number 45, gross, he, his administration, and he said to the official U.S. registrar, not so fast, don't put that in our constitution. We, oh. we don't want that in here. So it's on hold because of Trump. Oh, my God. Uh, Even though all the states that needed to ratify have ratified. And there's a whole bunch of other things in there, too. Like some states say that they want to rescind with their ratification, their ratification. Um, There's a whole lot of crap happening right now. Like Nevada, Illinois and Virginia are now suing to get it onto the Constitution mm. for officially. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, that's not a priority for anybody in office right now, right? Totally, yeah. Hopefully that wow. changes very soon, right? But, yeah. I hope so. I but just, I learned, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I don't think I could find a person more disgusting than I do with Trump. Like, 
the more and more you find out. And this is just another thing. I, I, I just find it baffling that people still support him. Like, how? Yeah. Like, and especially if you're a woman, how? Yeah. Can you support this man? Like, I just, I can't. <laughs> I know. I know. And there's also, I mean, a lot of the prophets are very much like, um, like our, our another arch nemesis is Spencer W. Kimball. We'll call him <laughs> W, right? We'll call him W after. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so here's what Spencer W. Kimball says. Women who support ERA should be very, very careful because church is led by strong men and able men. And we feel we are in a position to lead them properly. <sighs> These women who, he continues, these women who are asking for authority to do everything that a man can do and change the order and go and do men's work instead of bearing children, she's just off her base. I cannot. I'm going to throw my microphone. I I won't because it'll sound really bad, but I'm angry right now. You know what? We can take that and and apply that pedestal thing again. She is off her base. Right. Oh, so yeah, that's a good Joanne connection. So I like smart. that. I know, Joanne. Yeah. Oh, I want a t-shirt that says off her base. <laughs> yes. I told I want to always be off my base. <laughs> yes. Yes. Can we make shirts that say I'm off my base? Yes. Off my base. That's amazing. What are you, what are you gonna do? I'm off my base. Yeah. What are you gonna <laughs> do? What are you gonna do? I can move around. I'm not on my base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. I'm an actual fucking human fucking being. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can do what you can do, actually. So suck it, <laughs> W. <laughs> What's off, Spencer Wiener How do you like Kimball? <laughs> Spencer Wiener Kimball. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, how do you like me now, W? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. So I've been learning a whole lot from Kate Kelly and what um you know she's been saying and and if you haven't listened to her um her podcast, there's it's very informative. I found that I can't do anything else while I'm listening because she has so much information and she's following it really closely. And starting early next year, they're gonna um pick up and do some more updates on what's happening currently oh, nice. with the ERA. Nice. Oh, I'll definitely, definitely give that a listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like, because you know how we hear all the time. I mean, I'm sure you know people like this, Joanne, but Sarah and I talk about this sometimes. Like, we know women that are Mormon and they claim to be feminist. And I feel like a lot of them, if you ask them directly, like, do you support the Equal Rights Amendment, I'm sure, I feel like most of them would say yes. So I'm very curious about, like, it's just weird to me that they, the church, they belong to a church that, like, opposes something that I feel like they believe in. Do you guys get what I'm saying? It's so weird to me. And I don't know, yeah, like, how they um, they have those two realities at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, they don't, a, I think they just don't know that the church openly opposes the ERA. And I think, B, if they do, they just choose not to acknowledge it because ignorance yeah. is bliss, right? And that's how I yeah. dealt with the church for a long time. Like, I just either I didn't want to know or if I did know, I was just like, oh, let me brush that to the side because I just can't deal with it. Like, I, I can't separate the two. So I wonder, right. but 
exactly to your point, Katie, though, I think now more than ever, it's kind of impossible for you to do that. Like you have the internet, you have all these movements, social media, like you can't really push it to the side anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. feel like it's really hard for them, you know, to, yeah. to make that right in their mind. I guess, I don't know. I haven't asked an active Mormon how they feel about it, but it would be an interesting conversation, I think. Yeah. And I think that there's, there are people who are indoctrinate, indoctrinated so deeply, especially if you were born into the church, to just believe that a woman's role is to have kids and that's it. And yeah. so if you, if you choose something different, if you want to do something, if you choose not to have kids, or if you decide to go to school first, or mm-hmm. not get married, or, you know, do those things that the church pushes, then it seems like you're breaking a rule. Right. Definitely. And, and also back to your point that you made, which I think is so brilliant of this idea of women waiting on men to do, you know, everything and especially like in the Mormon culture to really quote unquote start their life like they don't start their official life until they're married and they have kids and blah 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 and we just recorded um a Patreon episode before that you you can listen to Joanne obviously because you're Mm -hmm. one of our patrons but I talk about like I read this journal entry I have from when I was 25 where I'm just like so upset and frustrated because I'm not married yet uh-huh. And like yeah. for me, I couldn't even, you know, I couldn't even find happiness in the success I already had in my life that I, you know, yeah. had did a lot of great things with my life. But for me as Mormon at 25 and not being married, I was waiting on a man and I couldn't officially start my life until that happened. Yeah, and it's I just a sad way. reality. <laughs> Yeah, when I was 25, I wasn't interested in going on a mission. I wasn't even dating anybody interesting. So I decided to go to the temple on my own. And I felt like that was the right thing to do to progress my um, membership and to see what the highest level of learning is. And I felt like, okay, this is an empowering thing for me to do as a single woman. Um, And that was kind of the beginning of the end for me once I <laughs> experienced the temple. But yeah, I was I was feeling the same way too. I'm not getting married, so why don't I just go to the temple for myself? And I, I felt left out or looked over. And that's a really sad thing at the age of 25. So young. Yeah. But yeah, um, like like you mentioned too, like you have to focus on the things that you did do. So at 25, I had a bachelor's degree. I was mm-hmm. proud of that, but I didn't I didn't see it as enough. I saw it as a sure I have a degree, but that's only going to make me more attractive to the right return missionary. Oh my exactly. goodness! Exactly. Yep. Yep. Wow. So true. Oh. I feel like on this episode, I'm not going to lie, and if you, if listeners, you were like, wow, Sarah was not as chatty as usual, I kept forgetting that I was actually on the podcast, and I wasn't just listening to you, Joanne. Oh, like, I thought that I was listening to a podcast, and I was like, oh, my God, let me, let me write down a point, and then I was like, oh, shit, I'm on, Katie and I are on the podcast, and when you guys were talking back and forth, I was like, these girls are funny. This is a good podcast. <laughs> You know, what's funny is I actually kind of felt the same way. I forgot we were recording. I thought we were just chatting. And then I was like, oh, yes, the recording is happening right now. (laughs) So basically what I'm saying is, Joanne, please come back for another episode because 
A, your voice is smooth, like so soothing. And B, like you're just so informed and like how you present this information. You're a great storyteller and you should have your own podcast. Don't know if you're thinking of it, but you should for sure. Yay. Thanks. Well, I'm happy to be um, talking to you two because there have been some times where I um, would have like breakfast and I'm drinking coffee and I listen to an episode of your podcast. And it's so fun to feel like I'm part of a phone conversation. So like hearing your podcast episodes and you two talking with each other, I, I laugh along with you. And sometimes I'll even think an answer to something that one of you said, and then the other person says exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes! Oh, I love it. I'm having all of the happy feelings right now. Oh, my God. And I love the community that you two have built, too, especially on Instagram and um, just the funny things that you two are posting, too. And I love hearing stories from both of you. And I'm learning so much, too, about, like, world travel, Sarah, with you being in Berlin and you know, Katie, what's happening in your world, too, and all the things that we as women endured. And then, like, you guys are pointing out so many things that were so problematic that I never thought about previously. So I have to say thank you to both of you for creating this community and having me on the podcast and sharing stories, because that is strength. That shows that we are overcoming something that was really oppressive and hurtful. And now that we're... um aware of the hurt and the actual damage that is caused, we're able to move forward. So thank you for. Wow. You just made my day. (laughs) Me too. Like, honestly, it's, it's, you know, having, like you said, this community, but having, I consider you a friend, even though we've not met in my mind, I'm like, Joanne's on my list of friends. And so I'm like having friends like you and support, like it, it just means the world, especially when, we do encounter these experiences of people trying to silence us and trying to knock us down, you know, say that what we're doing is evil and, you know, we're a bad influence. It's just sometimes it gets to you and having this community we have, having the support, having the friendship and having, you know, people like you on our show to even inform us even more about things that we didn't know about and to, you know, inform the rest of the listeners as well like I think it's just amazing that we're all able to share our stories in a really positive environment and community and also share the platform with others like I I think that's amazing and thank you so much for for being on the show with us today yeah my day too oh (laughs) all the feels we cannot wait to have you back because you guys Joanne sent this amazing email that has all of these topic ideas and all of these, like, it's so organized. I love it because I'm very type A and very organized. And when I read her email, I'm just like, oh, she can be on an episode for this topic and this topic, yeah. which I'm not going to say now because I don't want to spoil it. We need to plan but, that out and have you back for at least one, if not more, hopefully more of those topics that you sent yes. in. They're gold. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. And also, Joanne has a really amazing blog. I don't know if you want to give that a little plug here because we think it's great and all of your work that you do. I mean, of course, we're going to share this in our notes as well. And by we, I mean, Katie, because she's the doll that actually does everything. (laughs) I I don't do it. Um, But yeah, like anything you want to share with the rest of the listeners, like, please let us know, but we'll also include it in the notes as well. 
Sure. Yeah. So I go by um, the name Recovering Prude. So you can follow me on Instagram under Recovering Prude. Um, I'll find, you know, memes and make drawings and things about, um, you know, being post-Mormon. And um, and then my blog is recoveringprude.blogspot.com. Um, it does have some dirty words in it, so you have to understand. <laughs> it's so great. If you, any of you listeners, if you listen to the mini-sodes, I've read one of her blog posts on one before because I found her blog and I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. So, yeah, I think you all would really like her blog. So, yeah, go oh, check yes. it out. Yeah, <laughs> go check it out. Um, cool. All right. Well, I guess that's a wrap, even that's though I'm sorry to say it is. But thank you again, Joanne, for your time, for this really great podcast that I felt like was the most official one we've done in a while where I'm like, oh, my God, is is Oprah talking right now? Like, I feel like I'm listening to Soulful Sunday right now. Right? I learned so much. Thank you so much, yes. Joanne. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. And go to your local bookstores and order these books from them and um, they can typically find it. If you can't find it at your your local bookstore, look at the next city over or a smaller bookstore, too, because they're really struggling and they could use some support. And if you want them to continue through the quarantine, um, you know, purchasing books through them, whether you new or used, it might it might cost a couple extra dollars and you might have to wait an extra day. But it's so worth it to support your local bookstores. So yeah. I encourage you to do that. Well said. Totally. I 100 percent agree. All right, listeners, thanks for being here. And we will be back next week. Yeah, talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.